0: You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 42 of the Comic Book Informer. We are coming to you on Wednesday, August 31st, 2011. As always, I've got Roger at my side. What's happening, big guy? Not too much today. All right. Well, there actually is a lot happening today, at least in the world of comics. Today is a very momentous day because of the whole Flashpoint finale and big DC relaunch with Justice League number one. But that's not what we're talking about this week. We're going to have a great show for that next week, I'm sure. There's another thing happening this week that I feel we really need to talk about, and that is Incredible Hulk's issue 635 just came out today, and it is the final issue of Greg Pak's five-year run on the comic that has just been amazing. I was not a fan of Hulk before Pak started writing, but once i read his first storyline planet hulk which is what we're talking about today i was absolutely hooked and it has been consistently one of marvel's best comics over the last five years what do you really like does the hulk really uh, do you have any affinity for him raj not really
0: no i well i shouldn't put it that way it's just he's always been the type of character that is um even though it's a he's a a higher tiered character in terms of the, the the their their lineup it's never been a character that i've felt that much affinity for and i mean i i i like the character when he is teamed up with others and that's mm-hmm. often the case i mean we we're often we we like certain characters but more so their interactions with other characters that we care more about put it that way and even though the the ones that i'd read prior there was a certain amount of depth to the character, but it, it was still fairly limited in terms of like comparing it to a lot of other characters that have gone through so much more. Um, I mean, my hatred for Tony Stark, notwithstanding, <laughs> if you look at the depth of the character compared to, say, the Hulk, um, it, there's a big difference. Now, that being said, Pac did really make a difference with that, and he, he layered the Incredible Hulk in ways that that we had not yet seen at least i had not yet seen and that impressed me a lot more because then the character does have
1: a lot more depth he is a lot more fun to read and makes for amazing stories yeah we saw a little bit of that back in the 90s when peter david was writing uh the character but marvel never really gave him the free reign that they really gave pack with the with uh, with hulk so Focusing on Planet Hulk itself, I know you were having a little trouble obtaining the actual comics. Were you able to get them at all? Of course I did. Okay. So you actually can contribute to the conversation aside from the cartoon. <gasps> hey, don't knock that cartoon, dude. That's That, that was freaking awesome. It was I mean, only awesome because Beta Ray Bill was in it.
0: The, no, no. He he dragged it down. It <laughs> would have been a freaking 11 out of 10 stars, and he brought it down to like a nine and a half. But uh, no, the, the, I thought the animated show was phenomenal. And now having read these, I can appreciate the work that went into it even more. And in some regards, I prefer parts of the story that, in
1: how they were done on the animated series more so than the comic. It was, it was well done. Definitely one of uh, Marvel Animated's higher marks. Uh, they, they've had some good ones, some bad ones. I, I'd say Hulk is more in the good territory of, of what they've done so far. Well, but if anyway. you compare it to... I'm going to cut you off anyways. So you're that's fine. Um, if you compare it to
0: the you know, Hulk versus Wolverine and the Hulk versus Thor one that it came out around the same time kind of thing, and then you look at Planet Hulk, Planet Hulk was so far ahead in terms of enjoyable story and really, really well done. And that's not to take away from the other ones. I, I enjoyed the other ones, but they were nothing compared to Planet Hulk. Planet Hulk just was a phenomenal story, excellent characters, and it was so well executed. Mm-hmm.
1: So focusing on the comic itself, it started coming out in the summer of 2006, and it ran from issue 92 to 105 of Incredible Hulk. Over a year of the Hulk comic was dedicated to this storyline.
0: Well, it actually started in the Fantastic
1: Four. The storyline started at 533 in the Fantastic Four and then went on to the Hulk. It started in a lot of places, but the actual Planet Hulk itself, we're, we're just focusing on those 14 issues. Yeah, but you got to talk about the prelude to it. I'm, and what... I'm getting, I'm, I all am. All right, all
0: right, okay. Okay. I'll just show so... you. <laughs> you. were happier when you thought I didn't know what I was talking about. With I, this. I was.
1: I thought this was going to be a great episode. Nice. Very nice. Right. shut up and put your little picture in the notes. <laughs> so prior to arriving on the planet Hulk, we had the prelude, which is where the Illuminati, a group of very high-tiered Marvel characters who thought they knew what was best for the Marvel Universe, were trying to influence certain events. And uh, they did a run on the New Avengers about the Illuminati. It was a pretty cool story where it showed that they basically ended up screwing up more than they helped. Uh, The Illuminati consisted of Tony Stark, Reed Richards, Professor X, Namor, Black Bolt, and Doctor Strange – And they set up this very convoluted scenario where they tricked Bruce Banner into going into space to rescue some astronauts. Of course, he does what he does. Hulk does what he does. When they climb into the spaceship at the end of the mission, the ship takes off in the wrong direction from Earth. A little message from Reed and the rest plays on the view screen, basically saying that they have deemed the Hulk too much of a threat for Earth and that the best thing for everybody involved is for him to no longer be there. They found a nice little uninhabited planet that he can live on where he can finally get what he's always wanted just to be left alone. Yes. Fine. I thought you might have had something to contribute.
0: No, no, I'm just going to shut up until I'm told I can talk.
1: Okay, fine. I'll see you at the end.
0: <laughs> You're just a vindictive
1: bastard tonight, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, which leads us to the actual Planet Hulk. On his way to this lush, uninhabited planet, things go a bit wry with his navigation system, and he ends up going through some sort of portal, black hole, wormhole, whatever, and ending up on the planet Sakar, which is just this brutal gladiator planet ruled by a despot king. Coming through the wormhole, the Hulk has actually been weakened by the energies in there. He's still pretty Hulkish, but not quite the unstoppable force he's always been. When he lands on the planet, he's quickly captured and enslaved. And I don't know why this has never happened before in a Hulk story. They make him into a gladiator. Just seeing the artwork and the issue uh, with Hulk, and his gladiator gear it was always entertaining. His little pointy helmet and his shield. It was some cool stuff there. Yeah, it was. It's, um, I mean, it's a story that
0: we've seen many times now. Um, you can't help, but think of gladiator, the movie, because it's the same kind of thing where the, the, you know, the slave or whatever, then becomes a gladiator and moves up in rank and, and whatever. It's the exact same type of story, making friends along the way with people that he would have had to fight or whatever. And so, when you know that, at least for me, when when I know right from the get-go that, okay, this story is going to be very similar to many that we've already seen before, then that means that the writer is really going to have to be doing an amazing job. You don't necessarily have to do it differently, just make sure... It's freaking good. And the writing stands up. And then I'm willing to give you that leeway knowing exactly where the story is going. I mean, we knew what was going to happen with 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 the Hulk eventually. And so you really, I, I really wanted it to be something that, okay, then it better be so well written that immediately I I feel for him. I, I feel for the characters that he's with. I, I like the characters he's with, that kind of thing.
1: And they, they pull it off literally right from the get go. Mm -hmm. So, of course, the Hulk being the Hulk, he's not too good at making friends. Almost immediately, he challenges the Emperor in combat. The Emperor dons his big powered armor that at this point, with the Hulk being so depowered, the Emperor really does have the upper hand in the fight. That being said, the Hulk still manages to wound him, which is something completely unheard of in the society, and pretty much becomes... Public enemy number one in the eyes of the emperor. He gets shipped off, becomes part of a gladiator team. Uh, the team consists of six other people. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce these properly. You have LOa a noble a noble girl whose father was a rebel. You have Ski, the captain of the guard for the family and LOa's protector. Meek, uh, a native exile uh, the planet's insectoid species. He's homeless, but he's still trying to make his way. You actually have one of the last surviving brood in the universe, which is pretty cool. Korg, a giant rock guy, and Heroim, a shadow priest who is a really cool character, lots of real depth there. And through their battle and through Heroam's shadow magic, they become what they call warbound willing to sacrifice their lives and their bodies to fight together, friends until the end. And this becomes a cool little group that you follow through the rest of the story. See, this is
0: exactly what I, um, I've i mentioned quite a few times on different episodes we in, especially when we've talked about the mutant thing with the X-Men, that if you can just create a bunch of characters, something new, but make them so bloody interesting that you feel for them, you understand them, you love them right from the get-go, then you'd be willing to continue to buy issues that have these characters in them. And in this regard, I'm talking like as it pertains to the X-Men and whatnot. And that's what they did here. That's what PAC did. I mean, literally right away, the characters are so well-written. The interaction between the characters is so well-written that you feel for them. And he doesn't pound you over the head with backstory for each of them. There are, captions and there's panels where they they do talk about each character's backstory but you don't feel like you're being inundated with backstory so that then you can start to care about the character because you know more about them no you care about them based on their actions in the then and now with the hulk and then as you learn more about them then it just reinforces what it is that you thought about them so Again, it's an awesome team. I was so happy to see that team throughout the length of the story as well as the World War Hulk and then on. So I really was
1: happy with that. Yeah, and they're all monsters in one way or another, all outcasts from their own societies, which really just bonds them th- that much better with the Hulk who is experiencing that, exa- that same exact feeling his entire life. So as the team goes on, they become more successful in combat. The people start to recognize you know, their power, start cheering the Hulk as the green scar, as they call him and the emperor doesn't like that he does not like that this gladiator this slave really has become so popular and he still wants his revenge from their little fight earlier so he starts stacking the deck against him launching nuclear weapons at them in the middle of battle but forget that the hulk ain't having it he comes through everything until the big final battle of the tournament against the Silver Savage. That was a cool little twist they threw out there, where the Silver Surfer went through the same portal, went through the same thing the Hulk did, got enslaved, and has become a gladiator himself. And it's a great twist because the Silver Surfer is one of the few people in the universe that the Hulk considers a friend. Banner has plenty of friends, but the Hulk doesn't have many, and having to fight the Surfer in the gladiator arena Was it was just an awesome friggin' fight between the two. It was really well done. The reveal of who he is,
0: the artwork was just. Insanely cool. That like you could tell they had fun with it. Uh, I I was really happy too. I think it's it's important to know too for people if you're you're wondering, well, why would they fight? As soon as they're captured, each of these monsters, quote unquote, the Hulk as well as the Silver Sur- Surfer, they've got this gem kind of thing, this electronic thing that's that's implanted into them that controls them to a certain degree. And whenever they try to fight against whatever they're told to do, it just basically shocks the hell out of them and creates an an insane amount
1: of pain.
0: So that's why they were able to enslave
1: the Hulk and enslave the silver surfer and things like that. Yeah. So the fight goes on. Uh, Hulk realizes that the only way they think they can defeat the surfer is not through battle. He, He is just too tough. He can't be beaten. So they go after his slave disc and they damage it. They free him, and then in turn, after he gets beat down some more because, well, it's the Hulk, that's what he does, he in turn frees the rest of them. And we get this big uprising, this resistance among the slaves who all flee the control of the Emperor. And that's the close of just the first chapter. That's four issues. The first chapter called Exile closes there. That's a heck of a lot of story for four issues of a comic. Well, in see this is why i wanted to surprise you a little in the span of 72 <laughs>
0: hours i've read 74 issues jeez this is a big story folks okay from beginning to end with the beginning being like i said in actually the fantastic 4 and then spanning through it it crossed uh, a bunch of different series not all of them were worth reading but they did offer something to the end story that actually made you enjoy it a lot more than if you had only read the the actual hulk title so i, I was happy to that i did read them but I mean, it's it's huge in scope, and I love how it actually blends into the Civil War as well, which had just happened, and they were still trying to enforce their rule over the heroes and everything else. So there was, I'm, I was glad that I'd read all the Civil War stuff as well because then I was better able to appreciate it, all of the the little. Um, the little nuances, the little things that were going on all over the place. And, and especially the, the actual finale to the story, which is the cleanup of New York, which was <laughs> a little three part series, which I don't know if you wanted to talk about it or not, but I mean, right to that end, you, you really, it, it was just a huge, huge story. Yeah. That three part, it was called damage control. It, and I, I was actually surprised at how much I liked that one even mm-hmm. that had a lot less to do with, um, with superheroes, quote unquote, but was a, a nice wrap up that was unexpected kind of to the whole thing. And that was, uh, that was the, they called it the after smash
1: yeah okay so moving on from the first story arc onto the second anarchy the second chapter of planet hulk and they're just moving the plot along we see the hulk and his group roaming the countrysides freeing slaves fighting the emperor but we see this larger movement growing behind him they're finding that plant life is growing in the barren wasteland in places where the hulk's blood has fallen we start seeing Bits of a prophecy that the people have been hoping for for their whole lives under the the heel of the emperor, where this says the Sakar son is going to come rescue them, but on the other hand, the prophecy has a shadow side of the world breaker and which role does the Hulk really fall into in the story. And that becomes a big point going forward, how the Hulk, all he knows how to do is destroy stuff. He doesn't know how to save a planet. I mean, he basically saves it by destroying it. And we're gonna get more into that later. Um, we see another character come up, the Emperor's Lieutenant, his bodyguard, Kyara Oldstrong. She just drops down into the middle of the battlefield and challenges Hulk straight up to a fight. We learn uh, through her backstory that she is possessor of what they call the old power, the shadow people, who can draw strength from the planet itself. And she's actually able to stand up to Hulk. Very rarely does Hulk find an equal in battle, and even more rarely is that equal a woman. So I'm sure you can see kind of where this story may be going in the future, (laughs) but it was still nice to see it play out. She was an awesome character. Oh, yeah. Once again, i
0: we gotta see if we can get Pack on the show just because it'll be good for his ego. Because <laughs> I was so impressed with the writing. I mean, I've I've never hidden the fact that if something is cliche or corny, I will say so. And I'll call you out on it. And while the character some some of the characters, like the Emperor, is that stereotypical evil emperor, quote unquote kind of thing, they're still written so well that I'm willing to let go of that and actually still enjoy the story, still let them, you know, progress in in their own way without kind of putting my expectations of what's gonna happen. And this was one of the characters that I mean, should we play the spoiler alert? <laughs> I mean it's old enough at this point here. We yeah, don't it's it's, it's, been it's five it's, yeah, years. Yeah, it's been a long time. So obviously like she they marry and then, but then she dies at the end as well. We'll get more into that later, potentially. But it was, even though there wasn't that many issues, you're not looking at like years and years that you got used to this character, you really care for her, and and then you're disappointed when she dies. But even though it was only in a shorter span of, of time, and she wasn't a AAA uh, character or anything like that, I was really. Not Mm -hmm. upset, but devastated when she died. It was like, no, I love this character. She was a fantastic character. And it was a a, a female character with an insane amount of strength and integrity and honor and everything else. And I was like, damn, I really wish they would have been able to keep that character around a
1: lot longer because I would love to read more regardless of what series she's in. Yeah. And once the king uh, unleashes the spikes on the countryside, uh, this biological just virus almost that just feeds off the people and infects them, creates its own soldiers, kind of like the flood if you've ever played Halo. That's the best uh, line I can draw. (laughs) And Cairo sees that he's willingly endangered what are supposed to be his subjects in order to fight the Hulk. And she switches sides. She joins up with the Hulk. And it's the, the, the issues where they were. Not friends, not enemies, but just happened to be fighting on the same side. That was fun because, again, you knew where it was going. You were just waiting for that moment, and it was a cool payoff once they finally, once she finally turned on the king.
0: Well, it was it was the moonlighting where you're waiting for them to get together. Is what it was. Talking about that, that the spikes coming and whatnot too, that was something that I had seen in the um, the animated series, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it's a scene that is so poignant because she can withstand the blast that is coming and the fire and everything uh, because it's almost like she's made of stone kind of. And she's holding a child, and when the blast
1: hits... Oh, that was... That was... Oh, man, that was rough. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Basically, everything is burnt away from her. And then when the dust clears, there's still like the, the unbroken yet dust and remains of the child in her hands that then turns to... Well, turns to dust and kind of blows away. And when I saw that in the animated series... It was so well done in the animated series. And when you watch the extras, they talk about it and how they wanted to make sure they nailed it and they did a good job and that you felt it. And yet, even then, when I was reading the comic book, I knew it was coming, but it was still so well done, so well written, and, and it, it it defines the character from then on as well and what drives her. I, again, it, 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 the writing was phenomenal.
1: Mm-hmm. So moving on to the third chapter, Allegiance, we see the Hulk fail to live up to the prophecy of the Sakar son, at least by the judging of the Shadow Elders. And we just see the, the alliance forming and his huge group of followers coming together. He even reaches an agreement with the Spikes where he agrees to allow them to feed off of his power instead of the people. Which, well, the Hulk has plenty of power to go around, so you might as well. And it even promises to return them to their home. So they're fighting for him. Just this huge battle. You get the Hulk finally going back up against the Red King again. But he's going to play dirty. And he just cracks the freaking planet open. At which point Hulk says, no, 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 I'm not having any of that. Dives into the ground <laughs> and pushes it back together. Again. Swims through lava. <laughs> <laughs> So they defeat the Emperor. Everybody's cheering. Great job. Hulk, they say how we we still see a lot of tension going on, though, afterwards. The various peoples, they're they're not working well together. And they say that the Hulk is the only one strong enough to hold the people together. So they make him king. So now we have King freaking Hulk.
0: But see, this is where when you look at everything that led towards that point – As the reader you can appreciate that even though he keeps saying that he doesn't care about them he doesn't he doesn't want to lead their little group gladiator group he doesn't you know he doesn't want to be involved in things like that he still has that conscience and he still does he still does the the right thing in each situation almost. And you find out a little bit later on about that as well and why he does things a certain way and why there's rarely ever um, anybody who gets hurt whenever there is an attack of his or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was fairly interesting as well. But, it's, it's interesting because they keep talking about this, whether he is the savior or the, the world breaker throughout. You, you read that a lot. Um, that's maybe one of my few little things as you read it a little too much. Uh, I understand that they want to make sure that people who are just joining kind of get it, but I found it was a little too repetitive. But anyways, um, you can see that as he is progressing through and and getting these allegiances going and everything, that he is quite likely the only person who could be the new ruler of that planet and do a damn fine job at it as well
1: as we later find out Mm -hmm. even of course taking kyara on as his queen finally seeing the culmination of that relationship that has played out over the last several issues it was it was a nice crescendo to to just their their personal story definitely all right, so moving on to the final chapter, Armageddon. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> we see the world rebuilding. Everybody's happy. They're growing crops. Kyra tells the Hulk that she's pregnant. Everybody's going to live happily ever after until you remember this is a Hulk comic and that's not allowed. He ranks just below Punisher and Wolverine for characters that aren't allowed to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Meek, the uh, insect companion of his, is has just been seething underneath. All he wants is revenge and destruction. He realizes that him and his children, they're the last of their species. So all he wants is revenge. He just wants to take it out. And he was always able to get that by following the Hulk into battle. But now that Hulk has become regal and just trying to help everyone, Meek is just left out. So him and the brood find the Hulk's ship that he came in and they find the message from reed and everybody and they give it to him as just sort of a reminder uh, uh, of why he's there and how he'll never fit in no matter how hard he tries and we see that anger coming back from the hulk but he still has his wife there he still has everybody else to kind of ground him and center him until the ship blows up the warp cord detonates obliterates the entire capital city even killing Kyra in The Blast. And I i know for me, the first time I read it, it was just mind-blowing. Like, it was just a phenomenal scene. Like, I, I couldn't believe they had just done that. Well, it was the same thing
0: as it happened with her and the child. Only mm-hmm. now it was him holding her. So it was that... It was that 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 circle of life coming coming around and just kind of biting him in the ass essentially is what it does. So I it's it's again it's one of those you see it's coming you know it's gonna come and my again my way of reading it, as long as it's well done and well written I'll be all right with it and it was it was it was a, a it was well done you you felt for the characters the um the the thing with the um with Meek was. Was just enough that you you kind of know that okay they're doing something here, but it's not nailing you over the head with mm-hmm. it, showing you everything. So there's still a little bit of subs- suspense and things like that in terms of okay, just exactly what happened there because you're not shown and you you don't get to to know that until quite later on. You you know if you don't, well I'm sorry, you're pretty. Freaking dancer. Or, or maybe you're just a young reader, <laughs> but uh, but, you know, it's going to happen, but you don't have all the logistics of how and why and everything else. So, so, no, it,
1: it was very enjoyable. So with the planet essentially, I don't want to say destroyed, but not doing too well at this point, most of civilization wiped out. Hulk has nothing left for him on Sakar. So him and his surviving Warbound get on their cool little spaceship and just take off for earth and for revenge and the ending panel of planet hulk is just so awesome where you see this starship hurtling through space with hulk riding on the bow for no good (laughs) for no good reason (laughs) but you just know he is pissed and as they've always said especially throughout the story the matter hulk gets the stronger Hulk gets. And Hulk has never been more angry in his entire life. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it led really, really well into World War, War Hulk. Yeah. And maybe we'll get to World War Hulk another time. Uh, we obviously don't have time for it this episode. But basically Hulk gets back to Earth and wants revenge on the Illuminati. And it's just freaking epic. He destroys everybody in his path he takes down black bolt he <laughs> he bends colossus's arms backwards when yeah. they're in a fight i mean he knocks juggernaut into another county like he is just unfreaking stoppable and it was just a blast reading that whole storyline yeah
0: it was actually there was a lot more to that than there was to planet hulk uh, the, yep. the, in terms of how many tie-ins and everything else, it,
1: the, the the World War Hulk was monstrous in scope. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Planet Hulk was so successful that Marvel really made a big event out of World War Hulk. Yeah. That was their, their big summer thing for that year. And the, it didn't disappoint. It, it followed Civil War. It was before Secret Invasion. And in my eyes, it blew both of those out of the water.
0: Yeah, it was very, very fun to read. Again, there was only a couple of tie-ins that I wasn't crazy about, um, especially the frontline stuff. I really wasn't digging that. It's never been good. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the even the Heroes for Hire, I wasn't crazy about it, but it wasn't bad. It's just I'm not a fan of Heroes for Hire. So I, I read them, and, but it wasn't really my thing but some of the other ones like the x-men one like the avengers one holy crap those were phenomenal tie-ins. did you read
1: the ghost rider tie yeah i read that one as well that was great that Where was fantastic Johnny blaze wants to rescue his friends from the the hulk and Blaze gets knocked out and the rider completely takes over. And the entire time you get running commentary from Reed Richards and Dr. Strange and Dr. Strange goes, "Uh oh, the rider has taken over. And Reed's like, oh, that's a good thing, right? And Strange goes, no. And you just see the rider climb on his motorcycle and ride away. He's like, the rider only gets vengeance for the innocent and we deserve everything that's happening to us. That was just an awesome moment. Yes, it was. I agree. All right, just to wrap up on Planet Hulk, you're really reading the afterword and the graphic novel and other stuff Pac has said. You really find just how much of a feel he has for the character and how – what he wanted to do with Planet Hulk was tell a story about how a monster can still be a hero. How the Hulk's unbridled rage, which is so often a burden to him – Actually enabled him to make Sakar a better world. He saved it by destroying it before it got destroyed again, anyway. And that the Hulk has just always embodied what we the readers all wish we could be at some point. Just forget decorum, forget society, just the beast within. It's it's a very primal feeling that you get when you're reading the Hulk. And Pack plays it off, but he also shows the other side how. Rage always has a price, and nobody has paid that price more over his lifetime than Banner and the Hulk.
0: Yeah. What I liked as well is that the, the scope of the story is so huge in terms of when you're looking at what's going on with him. I mean he's sent to another planet it's not we're gonna send you to you know the desert somewhere where you can just (laughs) kind of chillax and get a tan no it's boom you're going out and then suck through the wormhole and or the portal and then everything that's going on on Scar it's it's planet wide they're so it's so huge in scope The, the entire planet is being ripped apart and he's the one shifting the tectonic plates back into place and then when he's coming back he's riding a freaking spaceship ship like a hood ornament fighting guys on the the, for lack of a better term the hood of the spaceship and then when they come back and it's basically taking over manhattan again this isn't small in scope here this city is getting demolished and when you see the um the the two panel shots that they have in a whole bunch of different issues showing the city and how much damage it's taking especially once the uh, the sentinel shows up and they're fighting through and i mean you got entire buildings collapsing and things like that so i like that i mean for a a fun action-filled story arc the scope of it was so huge that you, you you're you're kind of just drawn
1: in for the ride and it was fun in that regard yeah and just looking back again at the planet hulk itself it feels like it was so much more than 14 issues. It feels like you were reading this comic for years. Just in very simple ways throughout the 20-plus pages in each comic, Pac fills the story with so much life that it just, at the end, it felt a lot bigger than it actually was. And that's also because uh, he understood
0: the how to write characters properly how to make you care about the characters and how to make the characters relate to each other i mean that's something that we've been discussing on our games podcast for the lore when we're talking about games like bioshock infinite that's going to be coming out and how ken levine understands you know getting you to care about the characters they created really really fast and how to do that and that's what we got here and that's why that warband i mean i'd i'd I would read more from them, like, any time. I, I loved that, and, and I enjoyed each of the characters. So, I mean, that's why it felt like it was so much longer, because typically it would take you so much longer to get that emotionally invested in characters. It wouldn't be something that short. So, again, kudos to him for that.
1: And also, major, major respect to Carlos Pagulayan and the rest of the art team because on, dude. <laughs> th- this just looked freaking awesome. It- it's there's a reason I picked this as one of my comics to read before you die. Yeah, it's honestly, it's one
0: of those things where they probably told the artist,
1: okay, you're not going to sleep for a while, but you're going to have a lot of fun with this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so before we head to our wrap-up, do you have uh, anything you've been reading this week, Raj? (laughs) You're kidding, right? (laughs) Aside from Hulk-related stuff. (laughs) You know what? I'm only going to talk about one because we're pressed
0: for time right now, but I did actually pick up, and I'm ashamed to say it, I did look at the very end shelf, um, Mm. Superman Beyond. Uh Because I'm really getting to like that time frame. I I love the Batman Beyond. I loved the... uh, the, the the Superman Batman issue that had Superman and. Batman Beyond as well, Terry McGinnis. Uh, I can't remember which issue that was, but that, that was phenomenal. I liked the interaction between those two. So I saw it, and it was like, ah, and I picked it up. And you know what? I'm actually really happy that I did.
1: Yeah, it was really cool. It
0: was a fantastic story. Once again, I love the interactions between them. It, it kind of bordered on corny and cheesy a few times, but they, they pulled it off still. And I love the interaction of... of um, of Superman, but I should say Clark, and um and Bruce Wayne. When that was, see that them. End was just great, yeah. yeah. So I like the interaction between those two. And it's again, it's one of those where you read it, and it's kind of open-ended, and you're thinking, damn, I would read more of this. I would <laughs> love this. Guys, you know, you don't have to just have 52, okay? You can actually toss in a couple of series in this Beyond universe, and I'm there. I'm really digging it. You know, somebody really
1: wants to write Justice League Beyond. Oh yeah.
0: Well, that being said, the little the the, the characters they've already got in their little Justice League there I shouldn't say little. That's a little patronizing. Um, <laughs> are good. They're interesting too. I think if they tossed in just a couple of others in there, you could really have a strong Justice
1: League Beyond as well. Mm-hmm. And just uh, on staying on that subject, though, I know there's a big draw out there for anybody who's drawing a Superman comic to do homages to his past. But please, no more Action Comics number one retreads. I'm tired of it. Please, no more. Every single Superman comic I've read in the last year has had that freaking scene with him smashing the car on someone. Yeah. All right. Moving on to mine. I actually have Wolverine 14 and I had stopped reading Wolverine a couple months ago because it became very repetitive. It was him going after the red right hand, the group that had sent him to hell and done all the other horrible things to him, killed off some of his best friends and it's just so repetitive. He gets there. He fights random cannon fodder villain number four, and we get a backstory about one of the members, and then, okay, that's it. Then the next issue, it's the same thing, another villain, another backstory. That went on for, like, three or four issues. I was like, no, thank you. But I heard people on Twitter talking about issue 14, and I just had to check it out. Don't tell me
0: I'm going to have to read this.
1: I stopped reading it, too. I just got to say, of all... The messed up things that has happened to Wolverine over the years, <laughs> this ranks up there. Oh, this damn. is one of the, the, like they some of the people said on Twitter, damn Jason Aaron, Wolverine has never gotten it that bad before.
0: Ah, wow. All right. Do I have to go back and read the other ones or can Don't I just bother. read that one? It,
1: yeah. Okay. Don't bother. All right. All right. I'll pick it up. All right. So for this week's new releases, we of course have DC's big day. It actually, came out at midnight last night. I have to get to work in the morning, so that wasn't happening. But we had Flashpoint number five and Justice League number one. That's really all they're putting out, and that's really all you need. Yeah. And uh, let me just say, they do not disappoint. We'll discuss that next week. Oh, I haven't read them
0: yet. They're at the. They're waiting for me. Comic
1: dude, put it aside for me. <laughs> From Marvel, we have Amazing Spider-Man 668, Part 2 of Spider-Island. As we would said, Incredible Hulk's 635, the final chapter of Heart of the Monster, and the final issue of Greg Pak's run there. Secret Avengers number 16, kicking off a six-issue storyline written by none other than Warren Ellis. Hmm. We have Spider-Island, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, although I spelled it King Fu, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimate Comics Hawkeye number one uncanny x-force number 14 and one of those great collections I like to throw out there every once in a while we have thunderbolts by warren ellis and mike diodato jr ultimate collection trade paperback i have always liked the thunderbolts and that run there is one of my favorites of all time just epic awesomeness and then just to wrap up <laughs> from image we have invincible number 82 so that's going to finish us up here on the Comic Book Informer. As always, you can find us online at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CB Informer, as well as just about everywhere else on the world. But you can find that on our website. As Of course, we're on iTunes. We would love some great reviews, and we'll see everybody next week. Hey, going through like you know talking about freaking Planet Hulk you have any idea how many times I had to stop myself from cursing just because Planet Hulk feels like it needs that emphasis yes, yes. <laughs> yes. that big uh, guy <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about
0: World War Hulk as well and dude that was, that I read just, freaking like 50 issues of that are, are of what I read where the, the World War Hulk and I'm like you're
1: kidding me That's why I specified 92 to 105. I am disappointed. But you read some good comics, so you can't be that disappointed. I could have used the sleep instead. (laughs) Pay attention to the show notes, chump.
0: Well, no, it it was the story arc, so I figured that you'd be going into that as well. Call me a chump? What the hell's wrong with you? (laughs) Man, I'm not mean to you when I host.